Uh, Lou said he'll be right back. Work called. Yep. So yeah, uh, I'm going. Christy just got back. I'm going to go say it. I'll head to her and grab a beer and we can get started. Okay. Nice. All right. Bye. <laughs> we should all just go off camera for like. <laughs> <laughs> Freak him <them> out. <laughs> yeah, we'll just like leave the room for a minute. Just, just, just do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's all, where'd all my friends go? <laughs> You're listening to the Epically Geeky Show, a place for all things geeky. Welcome out to the Epic Geek Show, episode number 105. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight's opening question is, which Marvel character do you identify with the most? Um, I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to go first, in case, <laughs> oh. in case anyone needs a second or more to think about it. Um, honestly, I, I come down, I would say I probably identify with one of two the most, and... It really came down to either, and what's funny is because it, the, the two on opposite sides of Civil War, um, Captain America, I, you know, uh, very, you know, I, I don't want to say patriotic. I just, you know, I have this, you know, built into me. I just feel like I need to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Language? Yes, not quite that bad. And then the other side of that is uh, I definitely do not have anywhere near the bravado, but uh, Tony Stark, like, just, I mean, yes, he has no superpowers, but he's used his his intellect and his money uh, to freaking turn himself into a superhero, and that is badass. So, um yeah, I, I I would probably say I kind of identify with Tony Stark. Like I said, I don't have the bravado by any means, but yeah, uh, those are, those would be the two that I'd probably identify with the most. So, uh, Jennifer, who would you identify with? Okay, most? <laughs> so growing up, I always had a really big girl crush on Rogue from the X Men. So did I. Right? Because she's just yeah, a badass. Awesome, she was yeah. awesome. She's sassy. She's mm. badass. She can, like, fly and do anything, you know, like, take any power. So I, I do love was... how how the Marvel comics just, or, like, the, the animated show just kind of didn't even talk they about. They glossed that over. They glossed over the fact that of how she got those powers. But anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just always thought she was really cool and I liked her attitude and everything. Um, and so, uh, second one, I don't know if, if I identify with him as much as I just think he's really super cool, but I didn't actually know much about him until the movies cause I'm not like the best at following the comics and stuff. Um, but vision is so cool to me. He's really? like the most interesting character. He can do even more than rogue, but like, you know, he can do everything and he's like omnipotent and all, you know, he's yeah. good. He can like hold Thor's hammer and everything. So, anyways, he's worthy. I that's, think he's he's really fascinating and like super cool. And he's that, yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> that's that's a pretty good point. I completely awesome. when, yeah. not, didn't think about the Thor hammer thing. So, yeah. uh, Ray. <laughs> All right, so this one didn't actually take me very long, no. uh, and I had to go back to X Men uh, as well as maybe the animated series a little bit, but definitely X Men, um, Beast. Uh, I, I can see that. Really? <laughs> just, he's, you know, he's intellectually, uh, likes to, you know, discuss things and. He's literally a big giant nerd, babe. Big giant nerd and a I little do. bit of an outsider. If I was blue, I could he's be. He's blue and yeah. hairy. You're blue and. <laughs> yeah. He hangs from the, the pipe. <laughs> uh, you know, I try. Was... <laughs> from his feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so that's, that's. He, you know, he doesn't. He'd rather not fight if he doesn't have to. But if uh, push came to shove, he'd throw a few punches and yeah, good deal. Yeah, I can. No, I can definitely see that. I can mm-hmm. definitely see that. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. Come on, this is my. We talked about this in the car. We talked about yeah, and asked the kids and stuff like that. So I have a couple. Um, 
me now, like me now, the person I thought is Aunt May from the new Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> I would be that far out of the loop. <laughs> like, I would just... <laughs> so, so wait a minute. Didn't Sai say he identified with Uncle I know, it's Uncle Ben. <laughs> and I was just like... Oh, I was going to bring that up here in a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Marissa Tomei, Aunt May. Yes. Like, let's okay. Make it perfectly yes. Clear. Yeah, she's I awesome. be an Aunt May. I want to be here. Uh, and then if I had powers, I could... I tend to understand why Mystique and Magneto think the way they think in, in terms of mm-hmm. mutants versus humans. I get that. So I would probably be more Mystique, but to have Scarlet Witch's powers would be pretty oh. badass. I thought about her too. Yeah. She's That'd be amazing. awesome. Like she was the only one who stopped Thanos in his tracks for at least a moment in time. Like she was the only one to do it. So mm-hmm. with the whole vision thing and the stone and everything, even though he, Oh, did, Scarlet Witch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay, babe. But yeah, those ones. <laughs> well, joining us after a long hiatus is uh, our friend Lou. Uh, Lou, who do you identify with the most, uh, uh, Marvel-wise? Justin Hammer. <laughs> now I had to look this person up, but as soon as I did, I'm like, you don't okay. remember for Iron Man two? Iron Man two, yeah, yeah. I don't remember a lot about Iron Man two. It's been a while. He's yeah. the chief He's... man's Iron Man. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, there, no matter how smart you think you are, there's always somebody smarter. And then there's always somebody with more money, even though you don't have either. And that's what you want. So, yeah, yeah Justin Hammer. <laughs> okay. Um, a couple other people on the, on the, on the, in the group uh, chimed in on this one as well. Uh, Jay said he identif- identifies with the Hulk. Totally, <laughs> mm-hmm. totally <laughs> like, yep, okay. Yep. Uh, and then our friend Sai said he identified most with Uncle Ben. And I'm like, because he died. No. <laughs> oh no! And he said, "No, Uncle Ben, a normal guy trying to make ends meet, uh, take care of his family. He was kind, wise, and shaped Peter into the man he is." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. That's that's good reasoning. I just didn't want to be this, you know. Sometimes <laughs> our friend's side gets kind of dark. <laughs> so, um." And of course, the reason why we are, this is the opening topic, uh, for the week is, um, this week we lost, um, a god, a, a geek god. Um, I was going to say Titan, but no, he, he is more than that. Um, Stan Lee passed away at the age of, uh, 95 this week. Um, and, um, I'll be honest, it's, it hurt. It hit hard and it hurt, but mm. I also was not completely surprised either. Ninety-five. Nine, well, ninety-five. Uh-huh. He has had to can or he's had to cancel quite a few uh, conventions here, especially within the last year. But honestly, um, once his his wife Joan passed away after, and they were married for. I've got the notes written down on this. Uh, they were married for 69 years. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he's probably not long for this world. So, And also, um, like, there are a lot of drama between his, his children and business agents, yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff going on. A lot of that stuff actually has gotten ironed out within the last year or so, but still, there was there was a lot of stuff going on on that. So, yeah. um, Well, I, I wrote down a bunch of... of uh, stuff of, about his uh, about his life. I thought we could kind of go through some of that and then talk about you know how he impacted us, you know personally. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, I also wanted to to discuss uh, what our favorite uh, cameos that he's done are because the man has done a lot of them. <laughs> uh, and to be honest with you, I had to look him up to to remember some of them because I was like, he's been in all the Marvel movies, but I'm like. Mm-hmm. What did he do in that one? So I had to go, go through and kind of look some of that stuff up. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I wrote down I wrote down a bunch of his stuff, you know, a bunch of this stuff about his life because the man was remarkable and he did just some crazy awesome stuff. Um, he was born Stanley Martin Lieber in on December twenty eighth, nineteen twenty two. His parents are Romanian born Jews. Father worked sporadically as a dress cutter after the Great Depression. I mean, okay, nineteen twenty two. That's a long time ago, but then you're like, wow, we're talking about Great Depression time. Like, that's that's crazy. He, I mean, he didn't remember much of it, but he lived through that as well. 
Um, he's he always said he was influenced by books and movies, and particularly movies with Errol Flynn, who played a hero. That was like a huge impact on him. Um, and you can tell that from his later work because it's very swashbuckly, very you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of action and stuff in in the comics. So, um. But his uncle helped him get an assistant job at Timely Comics, which later became Marvel. Um, his first job was making sure the inkwells had ink in them. Now, we're <laughs> so we're not even talking about like we're talking about literally dipping a pen into an inkwell to draw comics at this point. Um, but uh, he did that. He erased the pencil marks on the final uh, um, uh, <laughs> comics. God, like that must have yeah. been a big eraser. Yeah, um, he did proofreading and he got people lunch. Like he literally started at the bottom, um, which I think is is totally awesome. But um, let's see here. Um, his debut he, was as a text filler in Captain America: Fall of the Traitor's Revenge, which was Captain America Comics number three. So, like, he was, you know, he started way back when, um, and he was embarrassed to be, uh, to, to be within comic books, like, because comic books were silly and it was something for kids and he was embarrassed about it. And he wanted to go on to write the great American novel. So instead of writing, signing his name as Stanley Lieberman, he shortened it to Stanley because he wanted a pen name. And of course, he later changed legally changed his name to Stan Lee, and you know. But uh, I think it's funny that he came up with that name because he was embarrassed of what he was doing, and of course, it became his his <laughs> his greatest impact on the world. Yep. So, um, let's see here. Um, when Joe Simon and Jack Kelly, which if you know anything about comics, you're you're talking about yet another god essentially in the comics world uh jack kirby uh when joe simon and jack kirby left in 41 lee became the interim editor at just under 19 um and he remained the editor-in-chief and art director until 1972 yeah yeah he uh he, he, the the guy that was running the whole thing turns him in a well you think you can run the department <laughs> and being a stupid 19 year old yeah, I can do that. Sure, I can do it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, um, but he joined the army in uh, 1942 in the Signal Corps uh, repairing telegraph lines, and then he was transferred to the training films division. He was his actual job title was oh, I can't remember exactly what it said. It was something like copyright or uh, playwright. That's what it was. It, it, his his title in the military was playwright, and he was only like one of I think he said three or four people in the entire military that's ever had that title. So, but, uh, he did, he did stuff on training films and stuff like that. Uh, and then after world war two, he returned in 45, uh, during that time, the company basically just kind of kept limping along and was mainly doing comics on, um, more realistic stuff. So you had like, you know, um, uh, horror comics, you had sci-fi, you had, uh, Westerns, romance you know the more traditional like movie type stuff but and that's what they were doing in comics at that time so um let's see here uh mid 50s the company was atlas comics they changed their name to atlas comics at the time um and in the late 1950s he considered getting out of comics he was like i'm i'm kind of done with this ready to quit yep yep i'm done with i'm done with what's going on here but in the 50s DC revived superheroes, specifically Flash and the Justice League. And uh, Lee's boss came to him and basically said, hey, listen, DC's getting some good luck going on with superheroes again. Why don't you come up with some, why don't you try doing some superhero stuff? And his wife, Joan, is the one that told him, well, make it your own. Make it stuff that you're interested in. Write it the way you want. Write it the way you want it. Um, and so that's what he did. And he started the the... Um, I don't want to say a trend because it's going on today of creating um, flawed human characters. Like, you know, it's not like it wasn't Superman. Superman, like, occasionally had something come up. But for the most part, he was, you know, he's the perfect. one that he was the one that started uh, 
making it more interesting of who these heroes are rather than what they did. Exactly. And uh, so with that, uh, Lee and Kirby created, and this talk about a killer list. Uh, Lee and Kirby created the Fantastic Four, yeah. the Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and the X Men. Um, with Bill Everett, he created Daredevil. Um, and with Steve Ditko, he created Doctor Strange and his, honestly, his biggest, most um, uh, celebrated character, Spider Man. Like, as much as we identify with everyone else, Spider-Man's probably his number one. The, the thing that I loved about it was he uh, he gave an interview of how he was trying to come up with um, the name for Spider-Man. And so he, he was looking around for inspiration, and he saw this thing climbing on the wall, and he's like, you know, what what if a person was climbing on the wall? You know, Mosquito Man, and <laughs> oh, that, that doesn't ring right. And, and, and then Fly Man, and so he Butter was going through these different... Insects that that uh, would climb on the wall, and then he reached Spider Man, and that kind of just stuck. So <laughs> that's crazy. See, that just kills me that that's that's how that came about. Um, and then he then combined, he then resurrected some characters, Captain America being one of them, to form this little team called the Avengers. Uh, you know, Fair so enough. you've got. You know, you've got this mutant guy that turns into, you know, a big, strong, green monster, essentially. You've got, you know, a guy with a drinking problem who's super rich and has, you know, uh, an armor suit on, a literal Norse god, <laughs> and Captain America. And let's put them all together as a team. And it worked. And it worked great. Um, let's see here. Um, so, I mean, just the idea, that's that's... I don't want. I don't even want to necessarily say that's his biggest impact. It would probably be his biggest impact is creating comic book characters that you know, like like we've said, are human. They're they're fallible. They're you know they have issues. They have problems, and you can relate to them. Um, but then this is the stuff. This is the stuff that you know. I also knew about that when you look back at it, you're like, well, yeah, of course. Why would you not do this? But no one else was doing it, and like he started adding credits to the page, and it wasn't just the writer and the the illustrator it was like the whole crew like you know everyone if you worked on the book you were on the credits and they started doing things in the back of the books where they were literally talking about this is what's going on with the staff because he wanted readers to feel like the writers the illustrators the artists were friends he wanted people to have a connection to him so they literally would talk about oh you know bob had a you know Bob just recently had a baby, so he's probably going to be off the project for a little while. But you, we we congratulate him. Can't wait to have him back and yeah. to come back to the team and everything. So you know the the readers knew what were going on in Marvel and had a really close connection to him. So, um, and then let's see here. Uh, let's see. Here. Um, in the sixties, um, he scripted, was the art director, and edited most all of the series. Um, and then it did a ton of other stuff. So he pretty much was in charge of everything at that point. Um, and, and he started using this method that was used previously, but now has thus become the Marvel method, which is he sat down with the, um, with the artist and they came up with a general idea for the comic and that's it. And then he was like, all right, go fill it in. And so the artist basically, you know, was like, okay, well, it's going to be, you know, 20 pages. I'll fill in 20 pages. And they're the ones that actually kind of, you know, stepped it through, you know, basically going through what, you know, they came with, they came up with together and they take it back to Stan and Stan would fill in like all the word bubbles and everything else. Um, and you know, you, you know, they, like I said, they created a brief synopsis, but the artist basically filled in most of the stuff. The artist was a clo was the co plot advisor for all of those, uh, uh, comics. So it wasn't just, I mean, granted, you know, we all think, you know, Stan Lee, but, all the stuff that he worked on was all collaborative and that's why it worked so well. Yeah. That's why he was able to work with so much stuff is because it was like, you know, we'll come up with the general idea, but then this is yours. This is your project too. So he trusts that's people. refreshing to hear because he's so much of a people person, so much of a salesman, so much of in the camera that we, the public didn't even, it's all, he did it all. He did everything through no fault of his own, but now that you say that and mention that, it's like, oh, that's a breath of fresh air, and yeah. a lot of these other co-creators are getting some credit these days. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, let's see here. Um, in six in sixty six, uh, Ditko left, and John Romero Sr. collaborated on Spider Man overtaking the Fantastic Four. So this is the first like the Fantastic Four was their number one comic, and then in sixty six, you know, Spider Man overtook it. Um, and it's at this point he started taking on social issues like Vietnam, student activism, and a bunch of other stuff. In '67, he created Rob Robertson, um, and he was the first black supporting character in any comic books, and specifically in Spider-Man. He wasn't just like a side character; he was like he was there. He was a big part of the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then later on that year, uh, he and Kirby got together and created this other character you may have heard of named Black Panther, the first African American superhero. Um. You look back and you you look at all the stuff that he created, and then you're like, wow, he also created, you know, this and that, and it just keeps going. Um, It's like, how can you think of so many distinct personalities and storylines? Exactly. And powers. Like, there's so many things that go into all of them, and it's overwhelming. I've always wondered how they came up with their powers. Like, what, do they just have a bunch of D&D dice, and they just roll? Okay, this... (laughs) It might be. This one yeah, can shoot have... lasers out of his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> this one touches things and it freezes. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them, you know, some of them make sense. Okay, Spider-Man, of course, swings on webs, you know, because he's a spider. He climbs on walls and stuff. Spiders are strong. So that stuff kind of makes sense. But then, yeah, when you get to some other characters, you're just like, okay. Doorman. <laughs> oh, geez. No, don't bring that one up again. <laughs> like, what kind of acid were they taking to come up with uh, the ability to manipulate kinetic energy <laughs> and then putting in a playing card? Yeah. 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 That's some good shit. Gambit's <laughs> off, man. Yeah. I love Gambit. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see here. 71, he helped redefine comics, the comics code when the Department of Education and Welfare asked him to do a story about the dangers of drugs. So they wrote a three issue arc. Uh, where uh, Peter's friend is addicted to prescription drugs. The the Comics Code Authority refused to give it a seal of approval, said, we are not signing off on this. And he's like, well, screw it. We're, you know, we're putting it out there anyway. Yep. And it was critically acclaimed. People were like, we are so glad you are addressing this stuff. These are real important things that people need to be talking about. Thank you for you know addressing this. And then, of course, the Comics Code came back and was like, well, maybe maybe we should loosen up. Okay, yeah, no wonder you got your ass uh, handed to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, he supported using comics to fight racism, intolerance, and bigotry, um, which, I mean, just that by itself is like, you know, not only did the man want to, uh, you know, was a visionary in his field, but he also, and, you know, wanted to share with other people and, and be, you know, co-producers on a bunch of this stuff he's also like no we're gonna we're gonna freaking you know take on social rights and which is just awesome so i have a comment about that i'm obviously all for like people using their platform to you know (laughs) fight social just injustices and stuff like that um but there's a lot of people out there who aren't and and who think it's annoying and I'm just curious, you know, do you guys ever think it's too much or is there ever, um, I don't know, does it ever get to the point where you're just like, I just want to watch the show or see the the story, how it develops, you know what I mean? Because the reason I ask is I dated a a guy who wrote comics and he was like, I don't ever put any of that stuff in my comic books because I just want it to be pure entertainment because everybody's got something to say now. And I just almost think like if you're going to have that platform, you kind of have a responsibility almost to do the most you can with it. But that's, that's me. Thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, Ray, do you want to go first? You go ahead. I'll gather my, I was going to say it depends to me. It depends on how well it fits in. Um, if we'll see, no, that's not even a good example. I was going to say, let's say guardians of the galaxy, guardians of the galaxy. If we're trying to fit in a racist thing, it's like, well, are we forcing it in there? But then it's like, well, but racism for them would be more species based. And yeah, that would, that seems like that would fit in perfectly. I I think if you, when people try to start shoehorning stuff in, um, and, and maybe make that the main idea that's when it kind of gets a little heavy-handed and i start to be like well 
okay, can can we kind of enjoy this or whatever? Or if it changes over time. But for the most part, like that was one of the other things is the way that he did it. It was like, you know, well, listen, Peter Parker lives in freaking New York City. It wasn't made up Gotham or or, or you know you know anywhere else. He lived in freaking New York City. So let's look at the shit that New York City is going through. New York City has you know students that are protesting uh, racism or sexism or the Vietnam War. And so, yeah, and Peter's going to college. So, yeah, Peter's going to run into this stuff. So we're going to include it. We're not just going to we're not just going to pretend it's not there. We're going to address it because it's something that would actually be happening. Um, and when, you know, like I said, in those cases, I'm like, no, that it makes sense to talk about that stuff. And I'm glad that they are. Um, like I said, it's just like when if it's something that just seems to kind of tackle things just to do it, it can be a little heavy handed. And then again, it's also how they address it. Like if it's just super heavy handed, it's like, well, okay, I, I get it. I'm I'm tired of getting beat over the head by the same message over and over again. So so for me, uh it depends. I, I, I agree with you that you need to use your platform as best as you can. Um the there was an interesting point that was brought up to me. Uh, I was watching uh, another YouTube series. I can't remember who it was. I, I think it was like there's vlog brothers or something like that. Anyway, they brought up uh, captain planet. <clears throat> He's our hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing, and I'd never thought of this as a kid and having not watched it uh, for a very long time, um, it actually points out, you know, the, the problem with Captain Planet was they vilified people that had genuine jobs and were genuinely good people that were trying to do the best with what they had. So, uh, you know, if somebody worked in the oil industry uh, and was, was actually providing a good service or, you know, like, you know, trying to come up with a better way to make oil cleaner, whatever the case may be, uh, they would... They were vilified because Captain Planet was, you know, all oil people are bad and they look like rats. And like there was, you know, there's and if you actually go back and watch the videos, yeah, they they were they made every bad person just horrible. So I think if you can if you can put your message out there, um, but show both sides and, and you humanize the, the, the story rather than just saying good versus evil, you humanize the 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 conflict then I think that that puts the, the story on a better, it provides a better story, but it also more people will buy into your message. I don't know. That's my opinion. Anyway, I agree I guess, with that. Yeah. I guess my issue is just, if you just don't address any of it and you just act like everything's fine and we're just going to tell this story as if the world is great. I don't know. That's what gets me. I'm like, mm. like well, I think the author yeah. just tell the story the way you want to tell it because people are going to read into it. <laughs> Whether it's there or not, they're going to find something. So, well, you look at the next generation, uh, right? They tried to be as progressive as they uh, as they could. They they touched on racism. They touched on a bunch of stuff. Their idea was to have this uh, civilization that was able to co- cohesively work together. And um, the but just the other day, we were watching the episode where the Native Americans uh, had to be pulled from one planet and go to another. And they were using uh, names that are no longer, uh, you know, appropriate for them. Uh, just nor, you know, but and we're talking about a, a series that's, you know, um, fantastic and, and very progressive for the time. And my my daughter couldn't even watch the episode. She's like, oh, I just they're using that word. I'm like, Logan, you have to understand the time frame for this, and it is very progressive. They're fighting for these people's rights, and so yeah, I agree. The the story's there. Um, and I think if, as long as it's put into context and it's also, again, if you tell, if you humanize the story as best you can, I think you're, you're going to get it across. So, all right. Uh, well, that got deep. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to let, let it just kind of sit there and see what race that is. Oh, <laughs> I just want to see him squirm a little bit. Um, no, that's. I mean, it's a. It, that's I'll a good point. It is. <laughs> um, it's a good point, and and I like how you said that. As long as you make it, you know, um, 
you know, you, you provide, you know, story to both sides. Because you're right. Like, like now I kind of want to look up that thing about Captain Planet and just see. Um, Sometimes it seems like uh, those issues get more attention or get better. Uh, I don't want to say reception, but people will will you know understand them better when you put them in these other alternate universes and you know what i mean like it seems yeah. like oh that's really you, wrong wait a minute that's happening in our country because if you just show them outright what's happening sometimes they're just like oh no that's not real but this i don't know personalizes it somehow zootopia is a perfect example of that yes yes it is that was great great movie yeah <laughs> um Let's you see just here. missed a long, deep conversation, Chris. Sorry, I had to put the kids to bed. <laughs> it's all good. I'll watch it later. We solve the world's <laughs> problems. It's fine. Cool. Yeah, if we keep this up. Uh... <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, in 72, he uh, stopped writing and became the the publisher. So he kind of really stepped away from actually writing the, the individual comics. Um, he moved to California in 81 to oversee the TV and movie projects. Um. You know what? We're gonna get. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, and he stepped away from Marvel in 1999, but still got a one million dollar salary. Um, um, and he went on to do a lot of other projects like Stanley Media. Uh, Stanley Media. That was one of those things that like had a bunch of lawsuits and stuff going on with it. In fact, uh, uh, they went under in 2001 uh, due to some other. Um, his business partner at the time basically was embezzling money and it, they found that Stanley was not uh, part of any of that stuff, which was nice to know on one hand, on the other hand, it's like, man, that sucks that that happened to you, dude. Um, let's see here. Um, sued Marvel in 2002 for lost profits on movies, specifically X-Men and Spider-Man, and they settled in 2005 because he's like, hey, listen, you're kind of using the characters I created to mm-hmm. to make some movies and stuff. Of course, they're like, well, you, you worked for Marvel. You were a Marvel employee when you created it, so technically it belongs to Marvel and not you. And um, But yeah, so they settled out. They settled for an undisclosed amount of money in 2005. Um I didn't know this. In the in 2000, he actually worked for DC for the yep. Just Imagined, uh, Just Imagined comic series where they reimagined uh, pretty much most of the members of the Justice League. So he's yep. actually worked on <laughs> Superman, Spider Man, Wonder Woman, uh, The Flash, at least a version of. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, go on. I I. Uh... Yeah, he jumped, and he was actually part of the the thing where he, he was like, "Listen, if one company does well, the other company will do well as well, like too. So we should be working together and try and actually, you know, get these stories out there. Because again, you know, you guys, you have different stories to tell. So, mm-hmm. and if we can get past this whole Marvel versus DC thing, which is completely fan made because the companies do say, like, if you, if you look at it, if one's doing well, then the other one should be as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, I wonder how many artists and writers have gone back and forth and back and forth. A bunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. A bunch. <laughs> a bunch. Um, he, was he not working for POW uh, at that point too? No, he was working. Yeah. He had, he was working with POW at that time too. Yeah. So. Um, let's see here. He won the national medal for the arts in 2008. Um, he started the Stanley foundation in 2010 that focuses on literacy, education, and the arts. Um, and then, like I said, uh, the, the last thing that I wrote down there was, you know, in 2000, in 2017, uh, that's when his wife Joan died, uh, of, after being married for 69 years. And uh, it was at that point when I heard that, I was like, man, I don't know how much longer we're going to have Stanley. So, um, but then, yeah, he had also had some health issues and everything else, but uh, I, I kind of think that was the same thing. So one of the things that we kind of glossed over was um, uh, the TV and and movie stuff. <laughs> now, the early Marvel stuff, movie-wise, is... Whew, um, <laughs> You didn't like that stuff? Come on. Was... No. Um, you didn't on like the Captain other America hand, with a motorcycle helmet? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> um, on the other hand, I freaking grew up watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Like, 
I freaking loved that cartoon. Um, what, 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 what cartoons or or Marvel stuff did y'all grow up with? For me, it was the uh, the animated series, like the um, X Men animated series and Spider Man. Uh, those are the ones that I really remember loving. And I loved the crossover between the two of them as well. And, uh, yeah, those, like, the Dark Phoenix saga and uh, the Spider-Verse where he's, where he, or uh, where Spider-Man is actually becoming a Spider-Man. You got um, uh, Krulled, uh the, no. Who's the hunter? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. Um Let's see. It's not Crow. Uh, no, anyway. it's yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the hunter was after him. They had the vampire at one point, like the Claw Dude. No, no, somebody else completely. So anyway, yeah, there's there was I, there, so many storylines that they touched on in the animated series, and I, I love them. That was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I never knew about the the Spider Man cartoon is he was the voice, the uh, the, the narrator, mm-hmm. and. I just thought it was just some some guy they hired to do the show. Yeah. I didn't realize till years later. Oh wait, that's the same guy, as Stanley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only yeah. really watched the animated X Men growing up, mm-hmm. and once or twice dabbled in the comics. But yeah, I just I did mostly that. And then when the the live action movies came out, man, I thought those were the best thing. Ever. Oh hell yes! <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, oh wow, that's. Oh, what, and that's why it's so amazing what they're doing now. But anyway, we'll yeah. get it. But also, back in the day, there wasn't that many cartoons. It was, I used to wake up and watch, <laughs> I'm dating myself here, but the Jackson 5 cartoon, <laughs> yeah. followed by the, uh, 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 what is it, the uh, the Hall of Justice. It was the, the Justice League. Justice yeah. League. And then it was the, the Spider Man and Amazing Friends. Yep. And then it was nothing until X Men. Yeah, that was a launch. And I still love that. Love that song. After that, I don't remember anything else after that until the movie. A couple different reboots of the X Men, but yeah, nothing else mattered after that. To this day, I still say Iron Man One is my favorite movie. I can watch that whenever it's on TV. I can watch it and watch it and watch it. As good as all the other movies have been, that one just was too perfect. I haven't seen that in so long. (laughs) <laughs> I've watched parts of it with the boys, and it, it, the funny it does hold up. It holds up really well too. I, I'm really happy with the way it's held up. Yeah, uh, yeah. They in the the vision that they've had. Like it's, it's scary to think. It's terrifying to think that in the late '90s, right, where like Marvel was down and out, and in the mid to late '90s, they were they were on the brink of going bankrupt and closing the company down and mm-hmm. that's when they started selling off these rights just to stay afloat and uh man did, am i ever glad they did because you know <laughs> they allowed them now, to do any, was it like stan that. lee under his watch where they sold the rights the movie no, rights? he wasn't he yeah. wasn't he was gone already. he wasn't captaining the ship at that point okay yeah because <laughs> now the most boneheaded movies <laughs> have you seen well, the no, Venn I... diagrams of all the characters that they can't do I know. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm so confused still by this. Yeah, all that the characters well, and who has rights to whom and like why. They're they're getting more and more right. Like they did by Fox. That's mm-hmm. been approved, and so they get the X Men back and they get all those characters back. Uh, we'll Deadpool. S- yep, they get Deadpool. Um, so is Sony's it- doing Wolverine. Who's doing Wolverine? No, Sony was Spider Man. Sony, Sony Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Wolverine and, was Fox in the Spider-Man universe. So yeah. they get Miles Morales, and uh, although that's kind of on the fence uh, because he was created. But anyway, yeah, there's there's so many details in there. But the cool, I I can't wait because I have a feeling we're gonna get some exciting news here next year. You know, I don't think they do have Miles Morales because they, they isn't he the character on the new animated movie? Yeah, and that's I think- all Marvel. So, but but I think that they're well no the Spider Man the Spider Verse the new one that's coming out uh, 
is is a Sony movie, but it is. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I think they Sony has the rights to use Miles Morales, but I think they uh, I think Sony or I think Marvel's got uh, rights to to kind of use it as well. So it's we'll yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, the thing I really want to see them do is uh, Fantastic Four. I yes, I wanted them to do that. To with, see a good with... Fantastic Four in the MCU. And I yep. wanted Stan Lee to be a major part in that one, you know, because that was his yeah. big yeah smash hit was the Fantastic yeah. Four. Hey, do you think they filmed any of his the cameos in any of the upcoming movies? I think he did the next four cameos. Yeah, he's filmed okay. all. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. he's at least done. He's at least done. I know he's at least done the next Avengers, but I think you're right. I think he's got the next two or three in the. In the so can it's well, going to so. be like Carrie Fisher in Star Wars when we see yeah. him, like oh, a little bit. No, there's active bit. partition to have Deadpool dressed as Stanley making yes. cameos. I saw <laughs> that. You know I what? I think Ryan Reynolds will do it. And I think with his mask on, or yep. <laughs> yeah, they had the the hat, the mustache, the glasses. <laughs> not yeah, the did hat, y'all the see? And I don't, of course, I don't know if this is true or not, but um, supposedly um, Chris Helmsworth has contacted everyone and was like, "I think we should we should go to the funeral and we should be dressed." I will cry. I will. I will cry in real life. And I think that would be that would be a fitting tribute. Very and fitting. I could see every single one of them going, "Yep, I'm yep. there." Yeah. So. Um, well, speaking of the movies and, and everything else, uh, so at least for all of the good movies and then some of the ones, not so much, he had a cameo in them. Um, what's funny is, is I just learned about a cameo that he's in, in a movie that I haven't seen yet that I need to watch with my boys. Um, I, does anyone here, has anyone here seen Teen Titans go? Yeah. The cartoon. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's okay. I understand the movie is actually really good. Is it? I heard that. And he has a cameo in it. And it even says, they're like, Stan, this isn't a Marvel movie. He goes, oh, well, never mind. And jumps out. And then apparently comes back later in the movie. He was like, I don't care. I just like doing cameos in movies. Excelsior. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to have to find that on YouTube. I'm going to have to watch. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to watch this. But no, I know several people who are hardcore comic book fans. And they're just like. Teen Titans Go is actually a really good movie because they they pull in so much stuff from all these comics it's ridiculous. I'm like, really? I'm gonna have to watch this now. Oh, but um, yeah, we're gonna have to watch that one. Yeah, so um, just like doing cameos in movies. <laughs> yeah, I just like doing cameos in movies. So they should uh, make the best cameo. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? Yeah, like a category for best cameo. Super Grammy. I'm trying to, and I've got a list pulled up of all of the cameos that he's done in Wikipedia from all the different movies. Because some of them, I honestly did not. I mean, I know he was in it. I just couldn't remember what he did. Does anyone have anyone in particular that you like the best, uh, Ray? My favorite one, because it was uh, okay. I was late to the game to this movie. I didn't watch it till way after it was released. Um, But Mallrats. Oh, really? I loved his uh, his cameo because I wasn't expecting it at all, and all of a sudden there he is, and he's you know giving his speech. It's like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say probably one of one of my favorite cameos that he did was in Deadpool when he was the MC at the strip club, <laughs> mainly because. One of the reasons why I love it so much is because I saw an interview with him afterwards and he went, I think this is my favorite cameo. <laughs> <laughs> or when you go, Hefner in, uh, was it the Iron Man? That was the first Iron Man was when he yeah. called him Hugh. Uh, he called him Larry King. <laughs> Larry King in the second one. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it here. My uh, favorite one uh, in Marvel, in the Marvel Universe, is when he's talking to the Watchers. Oh yeah, and he's given you know telling the watchers all everything that he's seen because I love the theory that he was a watcher. I do too. I do too. Um, oh god, which uh, that was the um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, the second one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. second one. And he's he's sitting on the plant uh, on the moon, I think it is, and he's talking to the watchers. Oh yeah, yeah that one was cute. Yeah, that one was pretty cute. I like when he says Tony Stank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says his name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one in, uh, in the first Thor when he when they're trying to pull out uh, 
Oh, and he's driving the truck. Like, oh, he's got. Did, did it work? That was my favorite one up that's until, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Yeah. So cute. Up until the watchers, a, anyway. He was in a <laughs> or his um, understated cameo is when he's walking out with Lou Ferrigno on the first Hulk movie. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that going, oh, it's him. Oh, it's, it's, and it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, so, yeah, and like the Spider Man movies, he was just like, he literally is like grabbing a kid and like moving him away from like, you know, the building that's yeah. falling or whatever. And... Oh, that one, uh, the, the Sp- Andrew Garfield Spider Man, where Stanley is like the janitor or something, he's cleaning up, but Andrew Garfield is in the oh, background yeah. like trying to. He's, he's fighting. I've seen that. I haven't yeah, watched the movie, yeah. but I've and seen Stanley's it. Got headphones on, he can't hear anything. <laughs> he's and he's just, just carrying on with his work and behind him is a big scene. And, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. There's so many, it's hard to I remember. Know, I know. Um, what was the one that, uh, there's the one for Deadpool that uh, that De- uh, Ryan Reynolds released because he wasn't in the... They didn't make the final cut? It didn't make a cut or something like that. And it was him at, in... I can't remember. I, I have to look that one up again. I'm looking here. He apparently recorded a voiceover for a cameo in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, and he also has a cameo in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, okay. Well, what they can do is they can do an Alec Guinness here. And just because there's so much vocal recording, they can just patch it together forever. Yeah. <laughs> it could just be voiceover cameos and stuff like that forever. Yeah. Well, I read something that supposedly, uh, what's his name, the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy, just like had him record a bunch of just like reacting things, just like, you know, like, you know, stuff like that or whatever. And if that's true, they could feasibly just, like you said, just, yeah, just just throw it in there. So, yeah, as lovely little tributes to him. Yeah. (laughs) Although I I still love the idea of Deadpool. (laughs) I have to be honest, I do too, kind of. And and nobody says anything about it other than yeah. it's, it's just yep. <laughs> Did he have anything to do with Deadpool? No, uh, I don't know if we no. said that earlier. Okay, wasn't sure. Yeah, but of course they were like, you know, it's a Marvel movie. We got to get Stan in here. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there one or two though? He wasn't in like for some reason. Uh, uh, did I imagine it? The I I'm trying to remember. The new Fantastic Four. I don't remember him that one. I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in that one. Which is like, come on. Oh, <laughs> such a good cast, and just that's that's potential was. It's there, a good example but... of you can have the best actors, but if you don't have a good script, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> or good directors. I was gonna say it was the way that they. Well, the, you know what happened there is the director the, left halfway through. Well. It that's because the the uh, Fox got in on it and mm-hmm. said, you know what, yeah, I want you to do it this way. And said, no, we're telling this story. And anyway, hashtag many... Phantom Menace syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Too many effects. Way too many. Oh well, we've lost Eugene. Sorry, I was just catching up. Like, <laughs> I, I forgot his. I forgot about his. <laughs> His cameo in Ant Man and the Wasp, <laughs> when they shrink the car, and he's like, "Well, the '60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it." <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else anyone wanted to to, to share about Stanley? Like, I mean, just <sighs> the dude did so much good. He left such a huge impact that honestly is just gonna it it will outlive us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the characters he's created are just are are the American um, mythology, basically. Like these are these are our Norse gods, as it were, our our you know Greek gods. And these mm-hmm. these characters and these stories are just going to keep going one way or the other, way way past us being here. So yeah. So uh, our our first fan expo, uh, Stanley was there. And we thought, what the hell? We'll get our picture taken with him. But we didn't know that we <laughs> we didn't know how it all worked out. So we thought, well, just in case, 
we'll pay for two pictures. That way we each get a picture with Stan because maybe they won't let us for whatever reason or whatever. So yeah. we got two pictures with Stan. And, uh, and you know, he's he's sitting on his stool. So we waited for a good, what, couple hours. Long time. It was a long time standing <laughs> in the line. And anyway, um, we're trudging through the line. And next thing you know, we're, we're, we're up next. And we're there he is sitting on this stool. And... He looks pretty tired, and anyway, so you get like two seconds with the guy, right? Where you where you get walked in, and mm. they're like, "Okay, you know, take your picture, and away you go." We're like, "No, we we get two. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're like, here's our receipts, and so we anyway, pay for these. <laughs> our first one. I mean, there he is. I'm like, you were it's an so honor to meet you. It's an honor to meet you, sir, <laughs> Mr. Lee, and Mr. Lee, you yeah, called him Mr. Lee. Lee the whole time. Come on, it's Aww. Mr. Anyway, so we're standing there. And, I got this smirkish grin on, and so we had planned it, thankfully, in in line. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had enough time to figure it out, so we stood there uh, with him, just as a nice smile, and he's got us, and we saw the picture afterwards, he's just kind of sitting there grinning, and then, you know, I whip out my my hand, and Chris whips out her hand, and he he looks at each of us, and he kind of smiles, and he goes out with it, too, and so we're all (laughs) Spider-Man. That is so awesome. awesome. Look on my you face. have a stupid look on your face. <laughs> but Stanley's got this big, huge grin. Aww, just man. massive grin on his face that when he does it. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Aww. So, And then a couple years later, we heard that it was going to be Stanley's last Canadian appearance. Yeah. So we were going as a family, and this was like the fan expo to blow out the bank. Like, we were going to yeah, do we're, all the things we're doing and it all. see all the people. And those two kids waited oh. in line for four hours. I am so impressed with them. And you know what? So many, us, yeah. So yeah. many kids or so many people around us were like, you have like the greatest behaved kids ever. And <laughs> I admit, I'm so thankful that they, they didn't complain nope, once. Not once. They, they stood in line with us and we all like sat down and we're just chilling and, you know, we we're talking and stuff like that. And, and then, yeah, next thing you know, you kind of get up and, so we got to the front of the line, and he was able to, like, he looked up and smelled at the kids and signed the thing, and they kept moving on. But that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, to- it was pretty cool to introduce the kids to him. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, our daughter's name is Logan for a reason. And yeah. Yeah. that's... Did you tell him that? We didn't have no, any time. No, there was no time. Oh. You weren't able to... As he's, like, signing the name. Yeah. yeah, it was it was just a quick thing, and you move on, right? So, But, um, but yeah. he... he you know, it's. It, I'm I'm thankful that we got that opportunity. Yes, it was pretty and, cool. Yeah, I love that he kept going to those even after you know, like as he got older, because he just yeah. loved the fans and. Ron, well, I think he knew how uh, important it was too. It's mm-hmm. probably as frivolous and as silly as for somebody outside of all of this to think it is. Like he's just a guy. It's like yeah, but it's more than that. He's the creator. He, so, yeah. he, was responsible for a lot of and I forgot to tell stuff. my my favorite part oh. of the first fan expo so there we are we're we're ready to get out of the uh, the hotel and we're standing there and Chris is sitting off to the side she's sitting on a couch and I'm just standing waiting my turn in line and this this uh, first person walks by and then there's Stan Lee walking right in front of me as I'm like dude that's freaking Stan take a picture <laughs> He was, wow. t- he was taller than I thought he would be. So, but uh, but yeah. So he walks by. I'm like, holy shit! I'm breathing the same air as him. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's awesome. Sick. It was. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty yeah, cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. See, I don't have... Did you know you could have went and hucked on his room? Hey, bro! <laughs> Want to have dinner? Got hey, arrested. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Heard it all. It was... <laughs> I know you. It's okay. <laughs> One of us knows the other. Yes, I don't That's have a cool, weird. I don't have a cool story like that, but I did get to hear him talk once. At um, when I went to UT for one semester, he was a speaker. One of the student clubs brought him in, and my roommate happened to be in that club, like on the planning committee. So she got me in to see him, and then she also got me his autograph. And I don't know where it is. Oh like, no! It's on a poster I used to have framed, and then when I moved. I am hoping it's out in my storage stuff, but yeah, it's, I have his autograph somewhere and I don't even know if I have pictures, but I got to hear him a long time ago. Nice. Kid. The, the last time he was at 
Austin Comic Con, I just I I could not I just did not have the money to do to do the autograph, and I was like, the next time he's here, and like literally he was supposed to come I think a year or so ago, yeah. and I was like, nope, got my money ready or whatever, but he yeah. he had canceled, and I'm just like, all right, well maybe maybe next time if he gets if he gets even more close if he comes anywhere in Texas I'll have to figure this out, and unfortunately yeah. he just he never did at that point, mm-hmm. so. yeah, yeah, but. Well, that is our show for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, like I said, we we were going to do this other topic, and I was like, no, this is this is important. He's he is someone who's made a huge impact on not just comics and not just movies, like pop culture in general. Like there's so much everything that he's got his fingerprints on, one way or the other. Yeah. Um. So his passing is a is a huge deal, not only just in in you know the realm of being a geek it's 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 going to affect everybody whether they know it or not so um with that said let's go ahead and move on to our picks and pans for the week would anyone like to go first i have one oh. all right jen <laughs> i bet you can't guess what it is uh no clue <laughs> <laughs> well um the if anybody hasn't heard epically geeky has a new show called sustainably geeky which I'm on, Chris is on, and Ray was on the last episode, um, and we have a couple other folks that join us as well, uh, so check that out through the Epically Geeky website. I'm really excited. We talk about environmental topics, and we're going to have some guests to break things down and hopefully make it entertaining and not so daunting. So, yeah, we're on all the usual places, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play, epicallygeeky.com, Facebook, Instagram, blah, 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 blah. We will be on Instagram. So look us up, Sustainably Geeky. It's there. Yeah. We've been working on it for months, so I'm super excited. We're all like, woohoo. Yeah, we're there. Um, Chris. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, She's just joining the show. Just joining. Oh, hi. Hi, how are you? Uh, so uh, I have a couple picks. Um there's this really fantastic document series on Netflix called A User's Guide to Cheating Death. And they just uh, put out season two. It is a really fascinating look at science and pop culture, um, trends, things like that, and how it can affect our health for the better, for the worse. Um, why do we believe these certain things? Also trends with sleep, sex, work, relationships, all the stuff. So there's, I think, six episodes in the first season and then six episodes in the second season. And they're like anywhere between a half hour, 45 minutes long. But they're really, really interesting, really well-researched, fact-based. Just makes you – it brings insight to the human experience. So that's really awesome. So I've already watched – I think I binge watched five episodes today. <laughs> I only have one more left, <laughs> but it's really, really good. Um, also, with uh, the kids got their progress reports today from school. Thumbs up all around. They're doing really good, good. Um, which is really great because you always wonder. And with the kids getting into um, higher grades, it gets getting harder and harder. And Logan is in a seven-eight split, so there's more. Um, no, I want to say pressure, but there's more, more focus, ex- more focus, most more expectation on her to handle more work. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause grade six was like, she flew by. So this year it's a little bit harder for her and she's had a bit of a, a struggle at the beginning of the year, but it's good. And then Quinny, he's doing real, he's really come out of his shell. He's, he's got a friend, <laughs> which is huge for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. And uh, he's starting to become more, um, I don't, I don't want to say social, but he's understanding it's sort of a kind of a big deal to have friends, and he's starting to put himself out there. So that's good. And then Survivor, I don't know if anybody watched it here, but <laughs> it's a really good season. We've been watching it every season since we were 18. So Wow. Since it started. Since it started. Yeah. Since it started. It's a family watching. thing with my yep. family. We all, My mom and I, through college, I called her every Wednesday. Every <laughs> Survivor. But it's really good this year. <laughs> Very cool. That's it. Ray, pick or pan? Um, pan is that it started to snow, but yeah, uh, you know it is what it is. It's the time of year. Um, uh, pick though, uh, I got a couple. So um, one is uh, the authorities. 
it was a lot of fun. Uh, there's trying to get somebody else to listen to it, and she's just not I'm having a hard time. I told her she's got to get through the first couple chapters, and then she'll be right into it. Yeah. And, 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 Anyway, I, I keep I've, gapping out. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It reminded uh, some of the scenes. Kind of, I, I'm picturing our fathers working together on the cases that they're working yeah. on. I'd <laughs> uh, be like, this would be hilarious if they had to do some of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one of them. Uh, the other pick that I have is let me just find this guy's YouTube tutorial. So Andy Guitar. Is on uh, is on YouTube. Um, he breaks down uh, some songs really nicely, and so that you can actually play them and stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, I learned um, uh, "My Hero," uh, the acoustic version for, uh, Foo, for Fighters. Foo Fighters, and uh, I just I was goofing around the guitar yesterday, and I was like, "Yes, this is." What... What's the name of the site? Uh, Andy so Guitar. Andy Guitar is, okay. is the YouTuber's name. And, uh, but yeah, just something. He, like I said, he just breaks it down so it's simple. And mm-hmm. here, he gives you a couple of options on how to play different chords too. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Very cool. Oh, you play Foo Fighters! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, Lou, you got a picker pan? Uh, I got some picks because I'm officially on vacation. Yay! Thanksgiving. I'm gonna go drink. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully get a date night with the wife away from the kids. Gotcha. Uh, hang out with the fam. Maybe play some games. We'll see. Nice. Um, I actually have uh, four picks. Number one is The Good Place. I listen to the Canadians and uh, <laughs> Mr. Scott Meyer. Uh-huh. And uh, my wife and I started watching it. She kind of fell off, and I just tore through it. I'm, I've only got about two or three episodes until I'm caught up with what's current i ripped through season one boy there's a big thing in season one we didn't want to say anything right Uh and then season two and then i I love what this show is doing and how it's doing it um it's all and and i'm like y'all i don't want to say anything else when i've been telling people about it i'm like it's about a woman who goes to the good place aka heaven uh and realizes she's not supposed to be there and that's all I'm going to tell you. And just just watch it. Um, the uh, second pick is my wife and I have kind of just been looking for something to watch together. So we've gone back and started rewatching Happy Endings. I do not know why this show was canceled. God, it is so freaking funny. Um, if you get a chance, go back and rewatch it. Uh, my third pick is I believe someone has a birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday! Thank so you. happy early birthday, Chris. I wasn't I wasn't allowed to bring it up because it means that she's gonna be older than me. So I didn't say that. <laughs> I am gonna be older than him for the next six months, which he likes to rub in. I married an older woman. Oh, <laughs> um, cougar! Yeah. And then my uh, my final pick is uh, today. Nine years ago. Uh, OneManAsylum.com went online. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a big thing because that's how I how I met the Canadians and uh, how why we're where we are at today. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, even though the site is not around anymore, and you know we, we've moved on to Epically Geeky, and we've got some big things going on with it. Uh, yeah, it was nine years ago today that it officially went live. So. Happy anniversary. Yay! Um, so that is it uh, for our show, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. You can find us at epicallygeeky.com. You can also find us on the social media at epicallygeeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, also, make, make sure to check out the Marginally Geeky Show. We just recorded an episode, um, and we are going to do a uh, – our next book is coming up here next month, which is The Power. Um, Jennifer and I've already finished it. It's a, definitely an interesting book. Um, I got to figure out what we're going to do after that. So, um, although I think I told Ray we're, we're going to do what's it called, but we'll see. No, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody um, have any ideas? Anybody? No, no, okay. no none. Okay. Cool. None. We could also do the authorities just saying, anyway, um, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
also check out, like I said, check out the Markling Geeky Show, and then of course check out Sustainably Geeky as well. Uh, so it's it's officially up on the site and on the network. So where can we find you online, Ray? Uh, so you can search for Lake Life Artist and find me on Instagram. Uh, Epically Geeky, uh, you'll see me uh, on the Marginally Geeky uh, website or show. And then also the Sustainably, I'll uh, make an appearance in one of those ones once in a while. So. I'll do yeah. a cameo. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Chris, where can we find you online? <laughs> Here, Marginally Geeky and now Sustainably Geeky, which I'm very happy is out now. Yeah. Uh, and on Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. Good deal. Uh, Lou, where can we find you online? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, Hold mean, on. What, what? what were you going to say, right? I was going to just add to that uh, for Chris and I. Uh, there was promise of doing a uh, Rhythm and Brews episode. Uh, oh. Maybe uh, if somebody joins the show again, we can do that. Uh, yeah, we'll have to talk to that. <laughs> the shade. Oh my goodness! My sunglasses. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> hey, Lou, where can we find you? If we can find uh, you, maybe on here in about another year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, another icon of uh, geek industry doesn't have to die for you. No, no, back. no. Okay. Aww. We don't need that. Um, and then, as always, you can find me online at. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I almost. I got sidetracked with the, okay. the shade being thrown on Lainey. <laughs> Jennifer, where can we find you besides Sustainably Geeky? Sustainably Geeky. Sustainably geeky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw it out there. Uh, marginally Geeky, Epically Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. Um, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. Yeah, if, if we had missed that, I don't know what I would have done because it's See? still the best handle ever. Um, and then, as always, you can find me online on my individual wacky adventure at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 